someone besides my mom and dad had thrown me in a car and been like, okay, from your house, tell me how to get to grandma and grandpa's house, I would have not a clue. Anybody understand what I'm talking about there? Yeah, okay. So I know I see it with my own kids sometimes. I mean, some of them are, are, are better than others, but we just don't pay close attention until all of a sudden you get your driver's license, and then you're like, oh, I've been here a thousand times, but I have no idea how to get there, right? Um, when you grow up, you need to drive. All of a sudden, you need to pay closer attention, don't you? And then you can do that route with your eyes closed at some point because it's so familiar. You, so you start to learn. I want to just draw us into the reality that it is the same way with Jesus. And it is the same way with the Christmas story. Some may hear about him. Some may be led to view Jesus through some teaching. But many don't pause long enough or really look close enough to really get to know this Jesus. It's like, oh, I've heard about him a billion times, but do you really know this Jesus? Because this Jesus is knowable. This Jesus came to earth and he was in the flesh, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, many will do a passing by at Christmas, at Easter, Maybe you'll go to church, you'll hear the songs playing through the mall speakers that speak of some baby that was born, but you never really stop and pay attention. In essence, you're sitting in the back of the Suburban and you're playing with your race cars through the whole Christmas season. So that when it's over, you actually don't know how to get back to this Jesus who is ever-present and always available. And so what I want to draw us to and just steward this season well is to say, let us use a very Christmassy word and let us behold Jesus. Come and behold Jesus. There is a joy. There is a grand, there is a glorious knowing God that awaits if one would pause, if one would stop, if one would take time to gaze at the true wonder, at the true majesty of Jesus. Even as we read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, which we're going to do in just a little bit, just to allow ourselves to slow down and allow our hearts to be in awe of our Savior. As we gaze upon him, as we stop, as we pay attention, as we behold Jesus, it shapes your heart. It shapes your mind. It touches your spirit. So my prayer for us this Christmas is that we see Jesus. It's that we actually see Jesus. It's not just a glance, but we really stop and we really see him for who he is and for all he's done. So this, this idea, as I said, is wrapped up in that Christmassy word, behold. I mean, how many of you have used behold in just casual sentences lately? No, okay, I didn't think anybody. Um, if you, <laughs> that would be very strange if somebody, try it this Christmas at your gathering. <laughs> just be like, behold, I got a dirt bike. 
Try that. See how it goes. You might get some weird looks. No, behold is a very Bible-y, Christmas-y kind of word, isn't it? But it's so, such a good word. It, behold. Behold Jesus is what I want to call us to. It, the, oh, there's that thing again. <laughs> behold, to observe a thing or person, especially a remarkable or impressive one. That's the Oxford definition. Or the Webster says, to gaze upon. And so what I want us to get the thought of in our mind as we behold Jesus is to observe Jesus. He's the person. To observe Jesus. Isn't Jesus remarkable? Isn't he impressive? Did you know that you can actually gaze upon him? We're going to talk about that today. There's nothing more remarkable than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is fully God, and he is fully man. He came to earth and humbled himself, came as a baby over 2,000 years ago, and we're still here celebrating him. He changed the course of history and is still doing that. He came to save humanity from the punishment, from the power, and from the presence of sin. The, the presence part is coming. But if you know Jesus, he saved you from the punishment and the power of sin. Hallelujah. Amen? So we're invited to behold this Jesus today, to gaze upon his majesty. You know, when we read the word behold in the scripture, sometimes it just is literally telling someone, look, check this out. Observe this thing or this person. Gaze upon this. But sometimes it's also just an exclamation. Like, dude, this is awesome. Pay attention. Check this out. So just as many were called to behold the first Christmas, we see this word all over the place, just as many were called to behold that first Christmas, so we are today. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to open up to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And this is a familiar story, but let the wonder of what Christ has done be afresh in your hearts and in your minds today. So we see in Luke chapter 1, there is this miraculous conception that happens, but it's not Jesus. It's, there's this guy named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, and they're pretty old at this point, and they can't have kids, but an angel of the Lord tells Zechariah, this is going to happen. This is going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be a forerunner. He's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And so John the Baptist is coming through this very elderly couple that thought they couldn't have children. And so this promise has already happened. Just so happens that Elizabeth is the Virgin Mary's cousin. And then we pick up the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I just want you to picture yourself there. These aren't just words. This is real life stuff that's happening here. 
The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he, bec- and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Behold, you will conceive and have a son. Check it out. This is actually going to happen. Like, this isn't just some myth. There's a physical reality. Though you have known no man, you're going to be pregnant. That's a pretty obvious sign. That's something you can behold. Behold, you're going to have a baby. Wow. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Can you imagine being blindsided by this angel in this little stick town and being told that you are going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world? I just get excited when somebody gives me a McDonald's gift card. (laughs) Don't give me a McDonald's gift card. (laughs) It's dangerous having a microphone in a church with generous people. (laughs) Can you imagine what was going through Mary's mind in that moment? It's just, I, I actually can't. I can't put to words what that would be. Well, Mary's first question, how on earth is this going to happen? How is this going to happen since I'm a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, oh no, that's the, that's the wrong one. What? And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. So now the angel says, okay, you're going to behold the fact that you're pregnant. That's good. Check it out. This is crazy. And now you can also behold the fact that Elizabeth, your cousin, is pregnant. And we all know that that's impossible at this point. So behold, go see, check this out. You can actually see it for your own eyes. Behold, Elizabeth is having a baby too. Nothing is impossible with God. So she actually gets to first see Elizabeth pregnant. She gets to behold the baby. And it's a promise that nothing is impossible with God. Meaning the promise that God gave you too. Because you behold her pregnancy. You see it. Same with you. It's going to happen. 
So Mary goes, and she visits Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, at this point, is pregnant, and as Mary approaches Elizabeth, John, this little baby, inside the womb, leaps for joy, it says. He leaps for joy. Elizabeth is then filled with the Holy Spirit and starts to prophesy and starts to bless Mary. Do you see, this is the second occurrence now where the Holy Spirit is mentioned as a driver of all of these events that are happening. And he is the one who is actually helping along this beholding. He's actually causing it to be seen. The Holy Spirit is. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies. And she says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Check it out. Behold, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. I just imagine the hand going on the, the belly. We've had six kids, so I, I'm aware of how this, this feels a little bit. This, it's kind of like you have an alien inside of you. But apparently John was jumping and having a party because the Messiah was there. Because the Savior of the world was there. And he's worth leaping for joy about. And do you know, neither John nor Jesus had done anything remarkable on the earth at that point. But the Holy Spirit recognized the moment. And they, the baby John leaped for joy in the mother's womb. Luke chapter 2. So John the Baptist is born now. And now we come to the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So this promised amazing baby was now here. God kept his promise, and they could literally behold a baby in their arms. You know, when you behold something, you pay attention to the details. You really look closely. It's not just a, a passing glance. It is a focused, zoomed in, I want to get everything out of this moment, out of this person, out of this thing. I want to understand it. I want to behold it. I want to gaze upon it. When our kids are born, and I hold these little wrinkly, weird things in your arm, and you just look at every wrinkle and every every dimple and all of the chubbiness 
and you just behold that child when it's your own child at least you just behold that child you just you want to take it in and know everything about it and i have no doubt mary and joseph were were beholding this child who was promised to be the messiah behold this would be their king this would be their messiah this would be their messiah mary truly beheld the promised savior of the world then we keep reading this is happening at the same time in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, and lying in a manger. Behold, dude, check it out. But also, there's this physical baby that you get to go and see for yourself. Like, don't take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. You see where I'm going here? I'm going to jump ahead already. Don't take my word for beholding Jesus this Christmas season. Go and check it out for yourself. Because he's still alive. And we can still behold him. Go, check it out, shepherds. Find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This is the grandest announcement ever. Go and see for yourself the Messiah is born. This is the big stuff happening here. So the shepherds, they go over there after a lovely song by a whole bunch of angels, which is just epic. And so... The shepherds decide to take them up on it. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who had heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. When you behold the Messiah, when the Holy Spirit is behind it, you leave glorifying and praising God. That's how you leave. When you see the Messiah, I guarantee if you behold the Messiah, not just a passing glance, not just a drive-through in the suburban with the race cars, but if you stop and you behold and you pay attention to this Messiah, you will leave glorifying and praising God because it's good news of great joy. Great joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> they left praising and glorifying God for all he had done, for who he is. We see this pattern continue in the Christmas story. We read about this guy named Simeon 
in Luke chapter 2. Simeon was a man who had a promise from God through the Holy Spirit. He waited his whole life hoping to see the Messiah. He, God had promised him that the Messiah would come in his lifetime. And he was very old in this moment. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, so speaking of Jesus going through the Jewish rites and rituals, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Remember, Jesus is Jewish. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And I want, I want people to say that about me. He was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is actually coming when Jesus comes back again. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. He's a good man. That's what this word is saying. He's a good man. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he was waiting for this moment of this baby being born. And he says, and Simeon, he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. This was a little baby. This was a seemingly nothing baby. But somehow, this man who was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit was upon him, recognized, though this infant had done nothing yet, nothing of importance on the earth, he's just a baby. But he recognized who this baby was. My eyes have seen your salvation. In a baby? Yes, because he took and beheld and recognized. And he was in awe. And he proclaimed the goodness of this Messiah. Jesus was seen as the Messiah by those who know God. His father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Behold, this baby is going to grow up and cause a stir in Israel like never before. He is going to stir stuff up. Even you are going to have a hard time at times with this. But in him, hearts are going to be revealed. Christ came to reveal our hearts. Christ came to show us what's really going on in there. Jesus comes to reveal the hearts of men and women. There was another woman in the temple named Anna. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That's a kind way to say that. 
having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, commitment to the Lord. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So she was thanking God, and then she started to tell everybody about it. She just recognized the Messiah. (laughs) She knew God, and the Holy Spirit revealed the Messiah, this little baby, revealed the Messiah to Anna, to Simeon. For behold, you will see something, and that something is Jesus. There's something spectacular about it. The Holy Spirit is still in the business of revealing the Messiah to hearts. The Holy Spirit is still in the business of revealing the wonder, majesty, awe, kingship, beauty of Jesus to the human heart. (laughs) He does this in our hearts. And it's glorious, and it's as real as it was in the dirt in ancient Israel. It's as real and alive in our hearts today. It's just as real. Jesus came to reveal the hearts of men and women. And he came because, I don't know if you've noticed this about yourself, but we're pretty messed up. I mean, you could go to the place, yeah, I watched a, <clears throat> Lee and I watched a comedian just last night, and he said, he's like, you know why I'm into conspiracy theories? <clears throat> it's because they just make more sense. It's like, <clears throat> you could go the optimistic route. <clears throat> We're all just good people, and everything's going to work out fine. That's way more crazy. <laughs> Isn't it true? We all know it to be true. We all know it's crazy. To think that we're all just good people. We're all messed up. We all sin. We all need a Savior. And Christ came because he was the only hope of making that happen. Because we can't be righteous on our own. We can't get there. No good deeds can get us to heaven. We all sin against an eternal holy God. And Jesus came, and he grew up, and he lived a perfect human life. And he welcomes us. He welcomes us into his family because he went to the cross, and he died. And he took upon himself all that messed upness. And that's a really gentle way of saying it. The curse of sin that Adam first man brought upon the earth, Jesus came to take care of once and for all on the cross. And he rose again. And he says, all who believe in me, repent. Come, follow me. You get eternal life. And Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. And the one whom you sent. Jesus came that we would know him. And throughout the scripture, Jesus promises that we will see him, that we can behold him. 
He promised that he will be with his people if you abide in him, if you remain in close relationship with him, in obedience and in, and in love. He promised, he said, I'm going to manifest myself to you. He said, I'm going to, in the great commission, as he's just about, he's already risen from the grave. He's just about to go back to be with the Father. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us. Emmanuel, God with us, didn't end when Jesus went to be with the Father. He sent his Holy Spirit. He sent his Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that caused Anna to see this baby and say, that's the Messiah, I'm telling everybody about it. The same Holy Spirit where Simeon saw this baby and held him and said, finally, I'm going to come be with you, Father, because he's here, the Messiah. The same Holy Spirit that conceived this miraculous baby in Mary. That Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of men and women around the world. And his kindness is drawing people to repentance. Because Christ came and paid the ultimate price. Because he humbled himself. The Holy Spirit is at work after our hearts. He won't force us, but as we yield our wills and our lives to Jesus, we find life. We find life everlasting. The heart and soul beholding of Jesus through the Holy Spirit is magnificent. It's magnificent. You guys, it's why I get here so early to behold Jesus. And it's a walk with him that we have. He calls us to step aside, to pay attention, to behold him. So as you're going about your Christmas festivities, all of these things are going on and vying for your attention as the racetrack in the back of the suburban of life <laughs> continues to spin is that going to be your main focus? Or are you going to look up and behold the Lord Jesus? You can still play race cars. But where's your focus? Are you, be you, can, you can behold Jesus and play race cars. Behold Jesus. Turn aside. Give him your attention. We do that through, you know, spending a time, you know, sometimes you just need to you do need to time out, spend time away from the noise. Focus your attention on him. Just read this over and over again. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the goodness of Jesus to you. Do this with your family, with your friends, or just on your own even. Don't let the vision of Jesus Christ come as a baby, come as a savior. Don't let that pass you by and not affect you. Behold him. And as you behold, you will find yourself in awe. As you behold, you will find yourself going and glorifying and praising God. As he transforms you. His word says that beholding Jesus is how we're transformed to be more like him. What a glorious sight, our Savior. Amen? What a glorious sight. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to sing a couple more songs together. And as they come up, just bow our heads, and we're just going to pray.
Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray, I just want to pray, jump in and pray a bold prayer. I pray for a holy revelation and awe of Jesus. I pray that your promise of us actually being able to see you and know you in the depths of our souls, of our hearts, of our minds, Lord Jesus, would be true and more true this Christmas than ever before. That we would turn aside our attention and, and focus on you. And you, I know, are going to be worth it. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, reveals the Messiah to us, where we can't help but praise, where we can't help but go like the shepherds and tell everybody about it, praising and glorifying God, where we can't help but be like Anna, full of the Holy Spirit, who went and told people of this baby. And so, Jesus, as we know you now, we know that one day we will see you face to face. And we look forward to that day with great anticipation. Lord Jesus, would you continue to reveal yourself more and more each day as we follow you? And it's going to be glorious when you come again and we behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. We behold the risen King who reigns forever. Holy Spirit, help us to behold Jesus even now as we worship. Amen. Let's stand together. Oh, come.